are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Tuesday show for you. We're going to follow up on yesterday's talk about Colorado football moving to the Big 12 and how awful they've been since they went to the Pac-12. More on Shohei Otani. Have you seen this feud going on in the NFL between what Sean Payton, the new head coach of the Denver Broncos, said and what the Jets have fired back with? I think both sides are right on this one, actually. Uh, Mark Jackson officially out at ESPN. This might not be a big deal for some people. You probably don't even care. But it's it's kind of a big deal considering how long he was there. And the Pac-12 apparently going to announce their media rights today. Got some thoughts on that. And we'll get to all that momentarily. But let's first start off. College football. I talked yesterday about Colorado, and I'm like, look, the fact that the Big 12 is going after Colorado shows you how much stock they put into Deion Sanders turning that program around. As you know, they were the worst team in college football last year, 1-11, averaged 15 points a game, gave up 45 points a game. They were lucky to even win the game that they did against Cal. They were terrible. Hence the reason why when Deion came in, And he's made the infamous quote now about, I'm bringing my luggage, and it's Louis, as in Louis Vuitton. (laughs) And that's why only 10 players who were even on that team last year are on the team this year. I mean, he came in and cleaned house. We've never seen anything like it. And you can't do that nowadays because you have a transfer portal. So you can get rid of everybody that you want. And look, people say that's, I can't believe he did that. That's unfair. But when you're 1-11 and the worst team, I don't care how good of a coach Dion is X's and O's wise, which I think is still debatable. But when you're that bad and you're inheriting a team that was that bad, why would you want those kids to come back? They're clearly not very good. You could be the greatest coach in the world, but I'm sorry. 1-11 and getting outscored by 30 a game, nothing that Dion did was going to turn that program around with those kids. So I don't really have an issue with it. But what speaks to the story more here about the Big 12 poaching Colorado out of the Pac-12, USC and UCLA going to the Big 10 next year, it makes sense. They are brand names. The Big 10 now has the Los Angeles market. That's absolutely huge. By the way, also a fascinating article in The Athletic about the scheduling things that they're going to have to do with USC and UCLA because it's not just oh football and basketball are playing in the Big Ten now every single sport that UCLA has is in the Big Ten so talking about flights charter flights versus um, regular flights and how teams are going to get there and do they stay there and make sure when we do schedule something we stay there and maybe like the lacrosse team travels with the softball team when they go play Illinois and then, you know, it just it was really interesting. There's so many logistics involved with a West Coast team now playing when they go on the road in conference are playing every game, certainly east of the Mississippi. If, I, if, my, if my geography is correct, I think every team in the Big Ten is east of the Mississippi, right? So very, very interesting stuff. Anyway, my point being Colorado – Yes, last year they were terrible. And I said, worst team in, the, in college football. However, Colorado has been, I told you last year they haven't been relevant in college football for about 20, 25 years. 
just in the Pac-12 alone, because they've only been in the Pac-12 since 2011. So 12 years they've been in the Pac-12. 2011, or uh, yeah, to 2022, but each of those years counts as one year. So 12 years. They had a one-loss record of 48-94. and 94. Almost 50 games under 500. That's the worst record in the Pac-12 since 2011. They averaged 23.8 points a game. That's the worst average points a game in the Pac-12 since 2011. Their conference record was 27 and 77, 50 games under 500 since 2011. Clearly the worst conference record since 2011. And they had, of the 12 seasons they were in the Pac-12, Colorado had a losing season in 10 of them. Again, worst in the Pac-12 since 2011. I mean, this is this is a this is a program that USC UCLA going to the Big Ten. Okay, makes sense. But the next team to be poached from the Pac-12, I don't think before Deion Sanders was hired, Colorado would have been the last team that any conference was poaching them. Last. I just read you all the numbers. Why would a conference want that team and that program? But they hired Dion, and here they are. Crazy. I mean, those are awful numbers. They haven't just been bad for a couple years. They haven't been bad for five years. They've been consistently, I wouldn't even call this bad. This is horrible. 46 games under 500 since they joined the Pac-12. 50 games under 500 in conference play. 10 losing seasons out of 12 years you were in the Pac-12. You are irrelevant with those kind of numbers. And yet the Big 12 is like, we we want Colorado. Now, if everything stays the way that the rumors are headed, that means not only Colorado's coming over to the Big 12, but so is Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. Now the Big 12's got themselves a nice little conference of the Big Four, because Pac-12 basically be decimated at this point. Between SEC, Big Big Ten, ACC, and Big 12, I still put Big 12 fourth, but it's a pretty nice conference if you got Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, then the four new schools that join this season, which is BYU, UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati, and then you've got Baylor, TCU, West Virginia, I'm forgetting, but you know who's left in the, big, in the Big 12. Just off the top of my head, I just I don't want to sit here. And I, if, I, if, I, if I thought about it long enough, I'd get it. But nice little conference. I don't think it's as good as the ACC or the Big Ten or the SEC, but definitely top four conference in America. And if ASU, Arizona, and Utah all leave the Pac-12, Colorado we know is gone, that leaves them with six teams. And as I said yesterday, Oregon and Washington – look like they're headed to the Big Ten. That leaves Pac-12 with four teams and not four known for their football. Not even really known for their basketball. Stanford, Cal, Washington State, Oregon State. So what are they going to do? Bring in, I don't know, SMU, 
San Diego State, Boise State. Okay. Still going to be uh, – that looks like a group of five, you know, conference. So a lot going on there. But, man, those Colorado numbers are awful, and yet <laughs> the Big 12 wants them, and that is strictly having to do with Dion. We've got more Shohei Otani numbers for you. Uh, this won't go long. This won't take you long, but this is the kind of company that he's in. Shohei going into last night has 27 home runs in his last 49 games. The only other five players who have had more home runs over a 50-game span in Major League Baseball history. Ready for this list? Barry Bonds, Giancarlo Stanton, Roger Maris, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. I'd say three of those five were in the steroid era, and I think, I think it's, I think all of us can agree that Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa all used steroids. Giancarlo Stanton looks like he uses steroids. I mean, he is built like an outside linebacker. And then Roger Maris in '61. I don't think he used steroids, but just the kind of company that he's in. Twenty-seven home runs in fifty games. Those are the five. I think Shohei Otani's odds to win the American League MVP are literally minus 10,000 right now. If you want to win $100 and be like, I know Otani's going to win the AL MVP. I want to win $100. Great. You have to put up (laughs) $10,000. It's not worth it to bet. It's too late. Should have bet him before the season when he was probably plus money. Because I know he wasn't a favorite to win it. He was one of the probably two or three, but I don't think he was minus money at the beginning of the season. It's almost impossible to put a player at minus money before a season starts as an MVP. But Shohei, pretty sure you got to lay ten grand to win 100 right now because he's going to win it. I don't care what the Angels' record is. I don't care if they make the playoffs. It does not matter. These numbers are stupid. He is still on that pace to hit 62 or 63 right now, the pace that he's on, which would set the AL record. Not to mention all the things he's doing pitching-wise. Crazy, crazy season by Shohei Otani. So this may not be a huge deal to a lot of people, but to me it is because being a broadcaster myself, I've told you numerous times on this podcast, I love listening to broadcasters, no matter what the sport. Whether it's football, basketball, or baseball, I pay attention to what they say, and I judge good play-by-play guys and good color commentators from when I sit down and watch a game, do they teach me something? Am I learning something by watching them and listening to them talk and explain something to me without it being too sportsy, where they get too into the X's and O's thing and they can simplify it for me? Well, yesterday, Mark Jackson of ESPN officially announced that he is out. He's been let go by ESPN, who's had a ton of layoffs in the last four months. Jeff Van Gundy was let go recently as well. So that means that the broadcast team for the NBA Finals of Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson is out. You might be like, okay, great. Who cares? Well, do you realize that Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson have been calling the NBA Finals since 2007? Every year we've heard them in the NBA Finals since 2007. That's 17 years we've had the same team in the NBA Finals calling games. It's kind of a big deal because you know what? Just looking at the, I I just Googled 
Um, I Googled, you know, bro- NBA Finals broadcasting teams. And before 2007, I can't find a team that did more than four or five years together. And then we've had one that's gone for 17 years in a row now. I'd say that's a big deal. Like I said, no one even got more than five, it looks like. You've had some play-by-play guys that were there that did it. Dick Stockton was the play-by-play guy for the NBA Finals from 1982 to 1990. But he had Huey Brown for two years. He had Billy Cunningham for one year. He had Tommy Heinsohn for four years as his partner. So it's just changed. And then it went to Marv Albert, who did the finals from 1991, play-by-play for the finals from 91 to 96. But he had different partners. He had Mike Fratello. Then he had Fratello and Magic Johnson. Then he had Matty Gukas. Then he had Matty Gukas and Bill Walton. And then Costas took over. And he was the NBA finals play-by-play guy from 1998 till 2000 with Doug Collins. But then they went back to Marv Albert. Then Brad Nessler did one season with Bill Walton and Tom Tolbert. That was the ABC NBA Finals in 2003. Brad Nessler, Bill Walton, Tom Tolbert. Then Al Michaels did it for two years. And then Mike Breen and Hubie Brown did it in 06. And then ever since 07, Breen, Van Gundy, and Jackson. Van Gundy and Jackson are both now gone. The rumor has it, and it's probably going to come to reality since stuff like this being reported by the NBA insiders usually isn't wrong. It looks like the new color commentating team on the NBA Finals is going to be Doc Rivers and Doris Burke, who I think are great. Both of them are outstanding. Doc hasn't been in TV in God knows how many years, 20. But when Doc Rivers was a commentator on TNT, he was excellent. So I don't think he's going to all of a sudden not be good at broadcasting basketball games. And Doris Burke has been a fill-in. She's been a sideline reporter in the NBA Finals since 2009. You know, So she's been there the whole time, too. Now she's getting, uh, well, she did it for a while, and then Rachel Nichols and Malika Andrews and Lisa Salters took over. But uh, Doris Burke calls a ton of games on ESPN. She'll be fine. You know, I, 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 I'm fine with the new broadcasting team, but 17 years calling games when no other team had called it more than five, you know, change sometimes people aren't good with. Um. Jeff Van Gundy's probably going to go to TNT, and I could see him even maybe getting involved in the NCAA tournament. Mark Jackson will definitely go to one of the other networks and call games for sure. I mean, they're they're good. And I'd love to see them call games on TNT and make them a new team on TNT and just put them with a different play-by-play guy because I think they work well off each other. Some people are very anti-Mark Jackson. Maybe they don't like his catchphrases. I think they're funny. Hand down, man down. Mama, go get there, there, Mama there goes that man. Those are funny to me. I like him. I, I just I don't know why he gets so much heat uh, for calling games. I think he's really good and he's really insightful. So, anyway, that's just my little thing when it comes to broadcasting. But yeah, seventeen years and they are out. All right, have you seen what's going on with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and Sean Payton? So Sean Payton, first year head coach, Denver Broncos. We know how bad the Broncos were last year under Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, he was an absolute train wreck as a head coach. He was terrible. And Sean Payton basically said in an interview last week that Nathaniel Hackett did the worst coaching job he'd ever seen in the history of the NFL. (laughs) You just don't see other coaches call out other coaches like that. So obviously that got back to the Jets because now Nathaniel Hackett is the offensive coordinator for the Jets because he was Aaron Rodgers' offensive coordinator for the longest time in Green Bay. So they wanted some familiarity when Rodgers signed with the Jets. And then Rodgers shoots back with, 
he's so insecure to even be talking about our team. Why is he even talking about our team? And look, there probably is something to that. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is wrong by saying, Sean Payton, just shut up. Why are you talking about our team and our coach? He's totally right about that. But I tell you what, Sean Payton <laughs> wasn't wrong when he said Nathaniel Hackett was one of the worst, did one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. It's not like he didn't have talent on that team. He was ter- terrible. Remember in the first like two or three games of the season when he was making decisions that everybody was calling him out for in the media? And it just never got better as the season went on. And he was awful. I mean, when you get hired to coach the Denver Broncos, and, you you know, he was terrible from the get-go, and he didn't even make it through his first season. They were 4-11, and and they lost on Christmas Day to the Rams 51-14, and the Rams were awful last year. They couldn't even they couldn't even wait two more games to kick this guy to the curb. Yeah, he's four and eleven. You know, you think like, okay, just let him coach the last two games. We'll fire him at the end of the season. They couldn't even wait till the end of the season. He couldn't even last one year. So <laughs> Sean Payton's not wrong. You just don't hear that from coaches. He probably shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> Maybe you say that to your buddies, like, Jesus Christ, this guy, one of the worst coaching jobs I've ever seen. I can't believe how bad they were last year. And I gotta take over this team now. But, yeah, that's pretty bad. 4-11, and 11, and they wouldn't even let him coach the last two games of the season. Like, oh, no, dude, just go. You know, even on his Wikipedia page, it says, Hackett's tenure as Broncos head coach has since been regarded as one of the worst and most inept head coaching tenures in team history and NFL history. <laughs> uh, that's, um, I'd say that's, uh, that's, pretty, uh, that's pretty bad. I mean, uh, in, remember in the opening game against Seattle when the uh, when they were in Seattle? I'm trying to think if they were in Seattle. Yeah, because it was Russell Wilson's return to Seattle because he's the Broncos quarterback. Broncos had fourth and five at midfield with over a minute left to play. Down uh, 17-16. Over a minute left to play, fourth and five at midfield. He had all three timeouts left, and he decided to let the clock run down to 20 seconds and left for a chance at a game-winning 64-yard field goal. And Brandon McManus Brandon McManus, McManus missed it, and they lost 17-16. And then after the game, he's like, yeah, looking back on it, we definitely should have gone for it. Yeah, you think? It was just awful. It just... <laughs> so... While Sean Payton isn't wrong, probably shouldn't have said it, and Aaron Rodgers isn't wrong by saying, dude, just shut up. Stop talking about our coach. Of course Rodgers is going to defend Nathaniel Hackett. He never went into – it's not like Rodgers was sitting there trying to defend, like, no, he was actually really good last year as the coach of the Broncos. He just said, stop talking about our coach. Which – and Sean Payton just said, you know what? I shouldn't have done it. That was dumb of me. Um, I was still in my broadcaster mode because he was a broadcaster last year for Fox. He's like, I was still in broadcaster mode. I never should have done that. Period. End of story. Let's move on. But it was a funny spat. And finally, uh, the Pac-12 is going to apparently come out today with whatever media rights they have sold for their conference. Everyone else, the Big Ten's got a big deal with CBS and now NBC. 
You know, they're going to have, you know, every, you know how ABC has their Saturday night game of the week and ESPN has a Saturday night game. They all kind of start at the same time. Well, you can throw NBC into the mix because they have a Big Ten game of the week every Saturday uh, come September. They have their own deal now with the Big Ten. Big Ten is never – you're never going to see the Big Ten on ESPN anymore. Exclusive deal with CBS, CBS Sports Network, you know, big CBS and NBC for the Saturday night game of the week. So look for that. SEC obviously has a huge conference affiliation with ESPN and ABC, the ACC as well. And Big 12's got it with Fox Sports. But Pac-12 doesn't have a media deal right now. Apparently, we're going to hear about theirs today. I can tell you right now, I don't know who's getting in bed with the Pac-12 to broadcast their games knowing that SC and UCLA are gone next year. So is Colorado, and we know other teams are leaving. And when you've got a conference of Oregon State, Cal, Stanford, uh, you know, maybe Boise State, San Diego State, SMU, if they bring them in, that's not getting any major network coverage. I guarantee whatever media deal they announce today is going to be a lot of games on streaming, a lot of games on, you know, I don't know, even ESPN Plus, some wacky-ass channels, shit. Maybe the CW gets involved since they want to do some sports now. Um, but I don't know who – I don't even know what the rumor is right now of who's possibly picking up Pac-12 games next year. But don't expect this to be some boffo deal for a shit ton of money like the ACC, Big Ten, SEC, and Big 12 have. No effing way. It's just – it's going to be like – I, bet, I guarantee they're going to have like four or five TV partners, and it's just going to be so mixed and matched and bumbled all over the place because who wants to – I mean, it's just not a good conference to have. Yeah, I know it's college football, and, and live sports always pays well. It's still going to be – they're still going to get hundreds of millions of dollars, but I guarantee it's not going to be anywhere close to the other four. But we'll talk about it tomorrow once we find out today exactly what media outlets decided to throw some money – at Pac-12 football games for the foreseeable future. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. That helps the podcast. Pass it along to your friends. Let them know all about it. I'm back in Texas. I'm no longer on the road. I'm not going to be on the road again until uh, first week of NFL season when I'm in Vegas for that, but I'm back at home. Voice is still a little rough after this weekend, but We'll be, we'll be back at it and back to normal in, in, in no time. So, again, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.